You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Great Pets is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning and welcome to Great Pets on this warm, rainy day. But uh, we could use the rain. I know I planted a lot of stuff, so I'm happy with the rain. But there was an article in the New York Times, What Pets Can Teach Us About Marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I read this one. Well, how many times do the clients turn around and go, you know, my husband loves the dog more than me, or my wife loves the dog more, you know. And pays more attention to the dog than she does to me. Well, I mean, I think it was an article about, um, and by the way, the number this morning is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six to chime in on this. But I believe the article was about how the dog is a better listener than the spouse. It goes a little bit deeper than that. I right, keep going. That's what I got out of it. All right, they, they did a study. And one of the things that a, a married couple can agree on is... Uh, they agree that the dog, cat, bird, or horse is great. They may not like each other, but it's great. But what, what's interesting is, you know, when do we greet our family members and friends and stuff that we care about and love with the same enthusiasm dogs greet us? No, they're dogs, but you that's know, why we love dogs. They, right. They have that unconditional love, and it's nice every day to see that. Right, and if the dog does something you don't like, do you forgive the dog? Versus... I'm mad for the week. People uh, will more readily forgive the dog. Wait, week? <laughs> you know, think about it. With some, it's a month. <laughs> right. They take a lot of time and attention, special food and care, and they throw up on rugs. They pee in the house. They steal food from the countertops. <laughs> Yet we accept their flaws because we love them so much. <laughs> so maybe what dogs do and the way we feel about dogs, if we started doing that with our family members and friends, we would have better relationships. Just a thought. So. Oh, boy. What? It's not a bad thing to start off. And also, who do you love more? Well, people may not call in on this, but, you you know, with what you were saying, dogs are better listeners. And many times, you know, people talk to their dogs because their uh, partner is not listening. You know, there's a lot. Well, yeah, but also, you know, i got to tell you, dogs love to be talked to. I mean, you know, you've seen the Far Side cartoon with this... The guy's like screaming at the dog. You know, I said you're supposed to go outside. You're supposed to go to the bathroom over there, and you're supposed to do this. And all of a sudden, you see, oh, on top of the dog's head, you see this thing that says no, because that's all he hears, right? Right. But I mean, dogs love. I think. Tell me if, I, if I'm wrong, but they love it when people talk to them because they just they're looking up. They know the, the intonations. So having conversations with dogs, I'm telling you, Brian, I do it all day, every day. Well, the dogs aren't going to betray your confidence. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I think they like it. You know, I, I once had an employee who worked for me, and um, she it, it was a long drive for her to get to a spot. So she left, and she came back. And when she came back, I said, it's great to have you back. 
you know, what, what was it that brought you back besides the commute, albeit the commute? And she said, they just didn't talk to the dogs. So where we are, we just do it. We just talk to dogs every day, and they like it. They do. They like it. There's no question that they do. And no. it also lets you know intention. And we have Gail on the line uh, from Dover. Hey, Gail. Welcome to Great Pets. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, we're great. How are you? Good, good. I love your your little intro there about uh, dogs and marriages. <laughs> I think oh, it's great. Do tell. I'm not married, but <laughs> but I love my dog. Hey, listen, I have uh, a question uh, regarding introducing dogs, um, and. Let me explain the situation. I live in a condo complex, and whenever we have a new res- a resident with a new dog, mm-hmm. we do an introduction process um, with other dogs, the other dogs living here. Great idea. Now, now, but listen, I don't agree with the way it's done, and I want to hear what, what you have to say. Okay. The dog is brought, first of all, into a small little conference room that's probably... 15 feet by 10 feet that has a huge table in the middle, okay, and all chairs around it. And probably three or four people. The person with the, do- the dog comes down. <laughs> what, Gail, what do I hear? Jaws music in my head. Well, a sad situation happened the other day, and, and that's, that's why I'm, I'm really upset. It didn't involve me, but... There's a, there was a questionable dog that we had here. Okay, what type so, of dog? Well, th- it was a mixed breed. Okay. Um, I want to say, I, I really can't say. It probably a medium size, um, not black lab, but you see a lot of them. They they have like a po- more pointed nose. Um, yeah, male, like female, it. neutered, unneutered. Okay, that I don't know. It was, it was it's a male. It's had four previous homes. Okay. So that's the flag. So and this they is, bring. And this is the dog being introduced to the condominium yes. community. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Kind of to pass the test. Sure. So, one of the people involved in in the process had her dog there, which is a pug, and they bring this other dog down. Now, in the. And there was a horrible, the, the dog attacked the pug. Um, it was just horrible. And in the process, in the meantime, there are two other dogs being brought down into this small little conference room. And luckily somebody came out of the room and stopped those other two dogs from coming in. My problem with this is that this is an it's a it's a small it's a new place to this dog it's enclosed right so you're three for three keep going okay yep so i'm saying that these introductions need to be held outside where the dogs normally see each other as opposed to in this stressful small room with new people new dogs and in a very relaxed situation, as three people are staring, going, "Oh God, what's going to happen?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be relaxed. Hey, Gail, um, what's their intention? I mean, you you said halfway through this, you called it a test, so that if the new dog Just, does not pass the test, then what? That dog is not allowed within the condominium complex. Co- correct. All right. Let, let, let's put this on, on a uh, human basis. Yeah. All right. Somebody's going to be coming into the condo. 
and you want to see if he's going to get along with his neighbor or her doesn't matter so you tell them okay you you don't tell them anything all of a sudden you put them in the room right there's another person standing there who basically it's their territory they live in the condo right see if these other people coming in and then you have three people staring at them going let's see what happens right not the most relaxed situation also you they then lock the door Mm-hmm. All right. So with dogs, you have fight or flight. With many problem dogs, you're going to get aggression from fear. Right. So they walk into that room. So you're right on the money. If you want a, a good recipe for having this go well, to give the dogs a fair shot. Yeah, fair shot. One, make sure the dogs are heavily exercised before they're introduced. Okay. You know, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of stress and anxiety. I hear you. So as far as exercising them is going to help, for one. For two, instead of having them walk up to each other, take a long walk with both of them or three or four dogs in the uh, facility. Yeah. So once they're tired, understand space makes a difference. You know, and dogs' space is a little bit different from ours. Mm-hmm. But if we just meet Gal and I start walking and I'm getting closer and closer and closer, it's like, who is this guy? And get him away from me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right? So give the dogs, you know, a good amount of space. Start laughing. Have treats. Yeah. You know, so you're kind of setting the tone going, oh, boy, isn't this fun? <laughs> right. All right? Try to have a mix of introducing males to females. You want that first introduction to go safe. Usually yep. same-sex stuff, as far as if you introduce two females or two males, the likelihood of a dust-up is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And okay. pe- people should, you know, also understand that they need to take a deep breath through their nose and blow it out their mouth, because as they're standing there and their dog looks at them and their shoulders are up around their ears, mm-hmm. going, yeah, I'm relaxed. Yeah, yeah. The dog goes, okay, incoming, this is a problem. But Brian, yeah. where is the first introduction? Is, it, is the introduction going to be off the condominium complex, or is it going to be on? If they go for a long while I, together. I prefer it off, because dogs are territorial animals. So you want to take them off the, their property. And you with the condominium, they get walked on the same, you know. The same, of, well, that, they get walked the same area. Yeah. Right. We have a dog walk. But you, you, know, you know what he's saying, Gil? In other words, do the introduction off the condo site. Go for a big walk with everybody. Do you know what I mean? Instead of having yeah. this test where this dog's like, well, let's see if he gets along, Brian's saying, hey, let's all go for a walk. Let's concentrate on something else off yeah. the site. A new dog shows up. All of a sudden, everybody's laughing. Treats are flying around. The yeah. dog is going, this is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe I want to be part of this. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know what? I don't yeah. like pugs, but he doesn't seem like a bad guy to me, and he's walking along okay. And the other caveat here, Miguel, is yeah. the dog has to be on a loose lead. What people do is when you see them introduce the dogs, the leads get tight, right? And you see that tension on the leads, and Uh that creates anxiety. It also limits the dog's fight or flight. On the loose lead, it makes it much more relaxed. I like it. I like it. All right. And listen, also, Gail, each one of our shows each week are on something called Pet Life Radio. Mm-hmm. So you can get this all of this information on Pet Life Radio, and everybody can listen to what Brian just had to say. I love it. Okay. I'm so thrilled. Thanks Thank you, guys, yep. so hey, much. Our pleasure. Take care. You have a good day. Bye. Hey, boy. How you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <coughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your Lifebook page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. <coughs> no, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with my friend Brian Kilcommons, and we are talking health and behavior of pets like we usually do on Sunday mornings. Our number is 1-888-441-9876. Give us a call if you have questions, and your, our advice is free. <laughs> so call in. Um, interestingly enough, I think most people understand dogs that do tracking work or drug work or explosive work, but you know when you look at some of the services dogs perform for us, um, there are now arson dogs, which have been around for a while, yeah. to uh, figure out how the fire started and, and finding in chemicals. Um, termites, they are now being sniffed out by dogs. Um, and bed bugs. This just started. Now, there are a lot of hotels that have bed bugs. So they now have dogs that can detect bed bugs, which are about the size of a poppy seed, so they're really small. They're hard to see. Yeah, I think they're smaller than that, Brian. I think uh, it's almost microscopic, some of these bed bugs. Uh, the, the article said poppy seed, so I'll go with poppy seed. All right. You know, have you ever had them? No, but the whole concept just kind of makes me quiver a little bit. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> but but it's but it's interesting, and seeing if the facility was checked for bed bugs, well, great. dogs can find them, and then they bring in the exterminator, so they know. So, which is really uh, funny. Also, really nice story. Um, there is a dog named Sebastian, who was a dog de Bordeaux. <clears throat> who had hip displeasure and severe, but he was also a therapy dog. So he used to go to nursing homes, hospitals, and he did a lot of really good work with people. And what they did, what happened is he had hip dysplasia, and it was really bad, and either they were going to replace the hip or put him down. Anyway, people gave $13,000 for the dog to have its hips replaced. Wow. You know, and he's now back going into nursing homes and schools and making a lot of people happy. It's just very, very nice. 
you know, let's talk about that. You know, hip dysplasia for years uh, um, is more common in the larger breed dogs, the the Golden Retrievers, the St. Bernards, the, you know, uh, the herding breeds. And if you wanted to get new hips put in, it was generally understood that the dog needed to be probably about a minimum of 45 pounds. Like anything less than that. But don't smaller breeds also get it? Because I was looking, I was yeah. sourcing a client for miniature poodles, and one of the things they check for is a hip dysplasia now. Not a whole lot. It's really the larger breeds that get it. However, but they, you know, they, 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 there are other forms of hip entities that would require a hip replacement other than just hip dysplasia, you know? Okay. So anyways, to make a long story short, guess what? There's now, you know, new prosthetic hips for tiny little dogs. Just came out recently. So now you can put new hips into dogs. They're very expensive. I mean, you might spend three, four thousand dollars a side sometimes, right? Right. With some would believe about an eleven percent complication rate, because you, you know, you're putting, you're kind of dri- driving that rod into the bone, and now you got the the ball in the socket. Right. I, I don't want the details. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you got a ten percent. That's a pretty high. That's a high complication rate. Eleven percent. Yes. N- infection stuff like that. Yes. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, little dogs now can get new hips. And we have Nancy on the line from Portsmouth. Hey, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. I was wondering what you thought about adopting a greyhound. I think it's great. Now they also told me the Italian greyhounds are more aggressive. Well, Nancy, have you owned a dog before? Oh yes, but they have died. And do you have a dog now? No. So you're thinking about getting yourself a new dog? Yes. How active are you, Nancy? Not very active. I'm 65. All right. Uh, well, the age doesn't matter. You okay, know, well. You know, as far as the activity level, I'd probably go more for the gray, big greyhound. You know, they, they fold up like an umbrella. Well, I was at Petco in Portsmouth, and that lady was out there from one in New Hampshire, and I fell right in love with them right off the bat. Oh, it's hard not to. They're just so nice. Oh yeah, I think it would make a wonderful pet for you. Now, how do um, how old would you say I should get one? She said you can go up to one in New Hampshire and pick one from four years old and up. There, there are two at the Cochico Valley Humane Society right now. I said oh, there is. Yep, I was there yesterday. So, huh. um, it's doing a good deed. They're nice dogs that've been evaluated. And if there's a problem, you can always bring them back. But what I suggest you do is you spend some time with them, you take them for a walk, you make sure that the personalities match. Do you have any other pets? No, I don't. All right. I think it's a great choice. The Italian greyhounds are going to be a little bit more active and a lot quicker. That's what the woman told me from one in New Hampshire, yeah. Yeah, well, um, so as far as, you know, I like the greyhounds tremendously because when they get in the house, they, she'll just plunk right next to you. Nancy, I'd like to get one now, but I'm going away for two months. So when I come back, I think I'm going to go up to one in New Hampshire. Yeah, you know. And, and she says you can pick your own. Yeah, you know, one of the sponsors of our show is a place called Canine Chaos. You'll hear the commercials. And, and, uh, and Anne over there, Canine Chaos, is very active in uh, Greyhound placement because a lot of the tracks are closing. So I think there's still going to be a lot of dogs available in two months. And Nancy, my advice here? You know, yep. get a hold of Anna and Canine Chaos or the Cochico Valley Humane Society. Where these okay, people, thank you so much. Where these people have some experience and can help guide you for the dog that's going to fit your lifestyle because dogs like people, they all have different personalities. Okay, thank you so much. Our you pleasure. Bet. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Isn't that nice, people calling up asking about certain breeds of dogs? 
I yeah. love it. I mean, I can I could tell you old. There was recently a um, a woman, and God, I love this woman, and this uh, standard poodle. Well, the dog pulled so hard, she fell down from the dog pulling, needed an operation in her hip, and uh, too active of a dog. But these little greyhounds, Brian, as you said. Really easy going. Nice. And I want to talk about Dagwood from uh, Cochico when we get back. This is Great Pets Radio. It's Dr. Jim and Brian. Give us a call, 1-888-441-9876. We'll be back. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're with Great Pets, Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital, and I'm Brian Cole Commons. Um, you were mentioning about this new drug for allergies? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. It's a wonderful drug. Mm-hmm. But. What's the only drawback? The only drawback to it is, um, well, you know, when we talk about allergies, we talk about a hypersensitivity, right, to the environment, to food as well. But I'm really talking environmental allergies, like um, house dust mites. Right now, it's grass pollen, the tree pollen, you know, that was in the early part of the year. You got molds. And these dogs get so uncomfortable, Brian, they're biting themselves and licking themselves and scratching, and they just, every day I see it, every single day. So there is a new drug out. It's called Atopica. It's actually cyclosporin. And instead of cortisone, which has long-term side effects that are pretty undesirable, but in the short term, thank God we have it because it will stop all this scratching and gnawing and biting. But this new drug called Atopica doesn't have those side effects. But what it does have is a pretty hefty price tag, you know? Yeah, you were two fifty a month for a large breed dog. It can get up at that for the first month or two. Yeah, then you got to start trying to wean them off it and wean it down. So for, I, I want to caution a lot of people that a, if you have a small dog, 
in the past, what we used to do, let's say you've got a Bichon mm-hmm. and who's got terrible allergies. In the past, we would send the allergies off to a lab or we'd have them tested and you can actually give them injections to try to help them. Now, many in the field are saying, don't even do that. Just study Topica because it's such a small dog. It's a small amount for the drug and it's just, you, it wins. You're done. So 250 is for a large dog. You got it. Okay. You got it. So the smaller dogs, much more affordable. Oh. But there was one dog that was actually almost placed recently, brought back to its breeder because the owner thought that this was the only option for him to cure the dog's allergies. And it is not. <laughs> it just happens to be the most expensive one. Right, and that works, and there's no side effects as are, there are with prednisone or cortisone. Yeah, they drink more, pee more, eat more, pant more. After a while, their muscle gets broken down in their bodies. They, they just look terrible. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You know, there was an article uh, a couple of weeks ago about a church in New Hampshire that was allowing pets or dogs at the services. This isn't the only place. You know, churches are paying closer attention to the connection between humans and animals. And we kind of divide our animals as far as our food animals versus dogs and cats, where we have relationships with them. But one of the things, I think, at least for me, is our dogs, cats, horses, really provides a connection Mm -hmm. to other things in life and Mm -hmm. as far as interconnectedness with it. So this is starting to expand. You know, as far as HSUS handed out um, 7,500 DVDs on uh, humane eating. You know, so when you're making your choices as far as what are you buying, you know, are you supporting factory farms and that type of stuff. So um, it's interesting in more and more churches and a lot of different religions, whether it's Judaism or Catholicism or Protestant, are starting to get into conversations. And based on some of the scriptures in the Bible... On as far as okay, the animals don't have souls. We have dominion, but that's starting to get a little bit blurry here. I have a big smile on my face because I'm just imagining me walking down the line in church with my hands folded to get communion with a thoroughbred to my right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of the arguments here. How far are we taking this? But I do think it brings up the topic of how we treat other animals around us. And a primary one of that now is this BP situation. Well, how do you know they don't have souls, Brian? I mean... I'm, I don't. I don't know either. As I'm, far as I'm concerned, you know, if I get to heaven, I'm eating the pack up there. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully a good pack. Oh, yeah. Listen, I mean, when my dog, my first... When we all, all of us, and you have had one, you had a dog named Bo that was a Rottweiler, right? Right. I had a, a Chesapeake Bay named Katie that was just... Just amazing dog. Anyways, when she went, uh, I was in I was in trouble upstairs. I just I, I had to take a couple of days off from work, you know. So I remember talking to the parish priest. Called him up and I said, "Where is she?" And he said, "She's up there." So I said, "So what you're telling me is that dogs can go to heaven?" They said, "Absolutely." Now it's funny because if you really look into the literature, and I don't want to that, get into that's this interesting religion, because I don't think that is the common consensus within the Catholic Church. I know, but so this gentleman says to me that they are up there. Because they demonstrate unconditional love, that that is what the the uh, the church teaches. So, anyways, I'm looking forward well, to the, the day where I can and it goes a little bit farther. You know, as far as them dogs or animals being expressions of the divine or or God. Yeah, He created them. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do we get them segmented? Mm-hmm. You know, where they're less than. So it's some interesting conversations that are coming up about animals and especially our companion animals, 
And, you know, when you're reading about how to, you know, owning a dog can improve your marriage, if you look at the dog's behavior and copying that, the impact they have on us. And being a good listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, St. Bernard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me look bad. But you know what else? You know, years ago I was doing a pet therapy program, and I, I had this puppy, and I went into a nursing home down in Florida. And the woman came in there. She was in the home for three months. And they couldn't get her to interact. They couldn't get her to talk. The first time she talked yeah. is when I put the puppy in her lap. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know? Yeah. So the impact is the same thing. If you're walking alone, talking to somebody, maybe, maybe not. You mm-hmm. have a dog, you usually get other conversations. Yeah. So they really add a lot to our lives. There was a gentleman who was a, uh, a sir, he's in the service. Um, he, we had him on the show. But he brought his German shepherd in that I take care of to uh, the Iraqi soldiers in Germany. And he would go in, and these kids, when they, when I say kids, because as you know, Brian, these are 19, 20 year olds who are in the front line sometimes, wow. and they're in a, you know, the shock of it all, and they don't say anything. And as a surgeon, a physician, he would go in and talk, and he wasn't getting anywhere with them. And he brought his dog in one day, and they looked at him and they said, "Oh my God, what a great dog!" And before you know it, the ice was broke. So it's a great, great, uh, great story. Dogs really do bring out the best of us yeah. and can help us heal. One of the things is that we are not doing enough for the veterans coming back. These young guys that have been through absolute hell, yeah. you know, for them to readjust to society, it is, we need to do more. We need to be able to support them more. And hopefully, I'm looking into some programs that maybe we can get more dogs out there. Because post-traumatic stress, the dogs are found to be really helpful and can change things. Absolutely. So as far as doing that, now you are starting to go jump up and down about heartworm. Oh, <laughs> thank God I love what I do. Um, it's the small things in life. It's, it's June 6th, 2010. Um, if you live in the South um, in a non-temperate climate, heartworm prevention is a year-round thing. It is a mandatory year-round thing because there's mosquitoes all the time, all year. Right. Now, up here, it is also believed by many, many in the veterinary field, the CDC in Atlanta, the uh, makers of the heartworm prevention that we should be on um, year-round prevention as well, which is fine. It, but if you elect not to do that, because I, when I was a tough, someone once said to me, you know, your minimum, your minimum to beat heartworm disease has got to be June 1 through November 1. But you're still pushing the envelope a little bit, Brian. Right, with the weather changes, it's staying warmer, you know, yeah. hot, hotter days. The mosquitoes are out in force. You bet, they sure which, are. Which is the way dogs are infected by heartworm. But that minimum is now on us. So if you have not started your dog on heartworm prevention, you must do so. Um, well, you, you don't have point. to, but either you're going to lose your dog or the treatment for heartworm is expensive, and it's really tough on the dogs, isn't it? Oh, you, um, it's, it's, a, it's a better treatment than it used to be. It's still why go it's, th- Isn't it arsenic compounds? Yeah, but it's not an IV administration. It's, it's basically a shot we give in the muscle now, and we keep them for a couple days. All right, but they, as they far do as okay. prevention is the key here. Oh, my gosh. Before you even get into that. Yeah, you give them a little beef chewable, you know, and then once a month, and they love it. They look forward to it. It's simple. But anyways, you've got to do it. So for those people that are listening, saying, oh, I haven't started my heartworm. Do you have prevention. to test your dog? Before you start the medication? Absolutely. Recommended. All right. So you, you get a blood test to make sure that it doesn't have yeah. the parasite. Usually you do that as part of your annual exam when you come in. When negative, we start up heartworm prevention. But do it. 
It's very sad because if you do, your dog does come down with heartburn. And cats need to be medicated also, don't they? Outdoor cats, it is out there. But we'll talk about that because as much as we talk about dogs, we are cat lovers. Alrighty. This is Dr. Jim with Brian at Great Pets Radio. Our number is 888-441-9876. We're here for your questions on health and behavior of pets. And we'll be back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi candid pictures of you and your pet for up-to-date pet friendly events activities and pet related services and products pet planet magazine is your final destination i shall take this magazine home with me back to your home planet no to my condo in boca pet planet magazine check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578 it's out of this world Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian. Our number is 888-441-9876. You know, a couple of things. Uh, I just planted the garden. Um, And we have a compost pile. And we were talking about this the other week um, as far as dogs getting into compost piles. And it would be really serious. That cocoa mulch. But the other things people don't really think about, the insecticides that are being used, Mm -hmm. herbicides that Mm -hmm. are being used, and... Besides insecticides, slug baits, things like that, make sure that your dog's water bowls and food bowls are put away if you're using them, and read the instructions you know, so you don't run into a problem with your pets because you don't want them getting a hold of these insecticides or spraying it where they're going to be where you don't have enough time to uh, let it set in. And you actually need it. Are there natural alter- alternatives that you can use <clears throat> versus harsh chemicals? And, you know, as much as I... I don't, I dislike it, but I I do not compost, just because of all the the dogs that I've seen who have gotten into that compost and have seizured and had such a horrible horrible time. Majority get over it, they do okay, but it's just it's a, it's a day or two from hell from a lot of them. Well, there are two area two numbers that you can call, which is the ASPCA National Animal Poison Control Center at eight 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 four two six four four three five or the Animal Poison Hotline. ASPCA is $50 fee, 
The Animal Poison Hotline is a $35 fee. But let's go over some of the signs if the dog has gotten into insecticide or herbicide. Oh, okay. What are some of the stuff that you should look for if the dog's acting a little bit funny? You know, neurological, intestinal. Great question. Uh, You know, every single toxin, to my knowledge, except for lead, okay, will start off with a gastrointestinal disorder. In other words, vomiting. So the first thing you're going to see is a dog getting very sick, (laughs) throwing up. Now, if you see it, you may not see this. The dog may have gotten into it. But, be on the invisible fence but way of, out in the backyard. A lot of dogs regurgitate or they throw up just Correct. kind of flummy type of stuff. Is it that them throwing up yeah. or are you going to be looking for something else? Well, no, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a dog getting violently ill, throwing up a lot, you know. Okay. But you may not see it because a lot of us have invisible fences and the dogs are out playing in the back, so you may you may not see it. You might just see a dog that's laying down in the backyard. So in other words, you go from a gastrointestinal phase to a, as you called it, a neurological phase. And the neurological phase can be tremors, where a lot of times they'll come in, they'll, we carry them in, and they'll be just kind of shaking. Back. They just can't stop it. What about um, loss of muscle control? Walking funny like they're drunk? or Yeah, yeah, it can lead to that. So it starts off as a little bit of a quiver and a shake to that they can't walk until they're full-blown seizures. And then we got to just stop it. We have to stop it all. So we use medicines to stop the shaking, stop the quivering, stop the seizures, and, and, and supportive care to get them through it. Yeah, and usually people don't always resource the emergency clinic, you know, where their nearest emergency clinic is. So, you know, we run commercials for the Center for, for Veterinary Care, yep. Dr. Lee Garrett. You know, you should have that number and address on your refrigerator. So if something does happen, you know exactly where you're going. Yep. You can call them and go and listen, this is what's going on. And they're great like that because they'll actually stay on the phone with you. Oh, they're unbelievable. Yeah. There. They, that place, they, are just, they, they just do it right. They have great employees. They have all the bells and whistles, the toys I like to call them. Expensive toys. They're ready for it. You've got a problem, they can handle it. They're nice and they're open 24-7. It's where I send my, my patients. Yeah, and if money's a problem, they'll work with you on money. Four three one thirty six hundred is our number. Four three one thirty six hundred. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Center for Veterinary Care, and it's all on, the only cancer center for animals in New Hampshire. So far. So far. But what's great is that there are more and more specialists coming around. It's growing, and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that there are specialists out there. They think that they'll see people like me, and knowing that that's you know, okay. So I saw the vet. That's what the vet told me to do. No, no, no. We have veterinary cardiologists now. We have veterinary surgeons, just like people. There was uh, an article by Dr. Patty Cooley, who's down in Florida, and one of the rants that she had, as she does, are some vets that don't direct people to board-certified people when they're having a problem. They keep on trying to wrestle with it. Mm -hmm. And people are spending a lot of money and not getting the results um, because they're guessing. So, you know, knowing when to hop, to, when, when do people hop to a board certified, let's say with skin problems or with a neurological problem, when do you suggest people go to somebody? Oh, we're all different, Brian. I mean, that's where you have to be comfortable with your veterinarian, have conversations. You know, I mean, common sense would say if we're wrestling with a condition and it's not getting any better, most if not all the vets, I don't even want to say most if not all, we're all in this because of the dog or the cat. This is about them, and if it means getting to a a, uh, a specialist, that's okay. That's a good thing, 
Because why? We want it solved. You want the dog, you know, we want the treatment started and the diagnosis made. And it's it's not easy sometimes. It's and you know we try really hard. It, the medicine isn't black and white. It's not, and especially if there's financial constraints involved. If we know, you know, if there's unlimited amounts to do diagnostics, oh, I want this test, that test, a culture this, do that, makes it easier for us. A lot of times we don't have that. We have to guess, and you know, you just hopefully you can guess right sometimes. Okay. So, but yeah. Yeah, I don't blame specialists for getting upset if they don't get enough. But you know what? That's as you said in the past, Brian. As the owner of a dog or a cat, you need to have that conversation with your vet. You know what? What are you comfortable with? How far do you want to go with this? And common sense says if we're treating the same thing over and over and over, then get a second opinion. Right. As we do in human medicine. You got it. You know, especially on some of the bigger stuff, getting a second opinion. Hey, can I jump in on this? this I, I read this uh, this week in the uh, Portsmouth Herald. And it, it says, uh, program to focus on ticks avoiding Lyme's disease. New Hampshire has the highest incidence of Lyme's disease in the entire country. I thought it was New York or, or Connecticut. New Hampshire is the highest incidence? Correct. Now, so I Wikipedia'd in incidence. Because this is a startling remark, and I almost want to, I gotta, I gotta look into this, but I am reading from the newspaper. An incidence is described as the relative frequency of occurrence of something, okay? So, the relative frequency of occurrence of Lyme's disease is the highest in the state of New Hampshire in, in the country. So, coming up, Dr. Alan Eaton, he's an entomologist, and for those people who don't know what an entomologist is, bugs. The bug guy. I'd love to listen to him. He's with the University of New Hampshire Cooperative Extension. He will cover New Hampshire tick species, their biology, the diseases they spread, and the things you can do to avoid being a victim at a free program, 7 p.m. Wednesday, June 9th. So learn what you can do to decrease your risk. All are welcome to attend. That's at the Seacoast Science Center at Odeon State Park, 570 Ocean Boulevard, refreshments, yada, yada, yada. So, well, we discussed this before, but what I'm doing now with aggression cases is routinely you know, really suggesting two tests before I see the dog. One is the thyroid because that influences aggression and the other is Lyme. Mm -hmm. You know, so if your dog starts acting a little bit strange or it was really nice and now it's getting a little bit growly or grouchy, you know, Lyme disease can be a factor here. But that is that is amazing. With the highest incidence of Lyme, and, and I'm t I'm meeting these people who are getting it, and it's and it's really. And you're suggesting using Frontline as far as the spot on, but they also have a spray. So yes. if you know you're in a heavy tick area, using the spray plus the spot on to make sure the ticks aren't attaching. What I will yes, and what I will what I will say is that uh, well, I'm going to come back after this break and we'll talk about it. This is Dr. Jim with Great Pets Radio with Brian. We'll be back after this break. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step -step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. 
Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian Kilcommons. We're wrapping up our show every week. For those who have listened for the last years now, Brian, how exciting is that? We've been doing this for years. We have on the Cochuco Valley Humane Society with Karen Fogarty. Good morning, Karen. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Karen, you with us? Are you busy, Karen? <laughs> um, it's a little hectic today, but it's okay. Okay, good. Hey, it was great seeing you yesterday. Yes, you too. Um, Dagwood. Oh, I love him. Oh, what a great... He looks like a nightmare. He does. Um, fortunately, someone decided to take his ears away, crop them, um, which makes him look a little scary, but he's probably one of the mushiest, happiest dogs we have in the kennel right now. What a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he... Really, really nice dog. Well, e- each week we have you on, Karen, to talk about a pet that you think would be a great adopted pet. Mm-hmm. So what do you have for us today? Um, we actually have two greyhounds available right now, um, a boy and a girl. One is four, the other is two. Um, hey, Karen. Perfect. Were you listening to the show at all before you came on? I was cleaning kennels. <laughs> we, we had a lady, mm-hmm. elderly lady. I shouldn't say elderly, but she was, she was 65, and she had a question for Brian whether a greyhound would be a good pet or not. And we gave your name, mm-hmm. and sure enough, the pet of the week, here you are talking about two greyhounds. Yeah, we have two. Beautiful. Hey, Karen, when are we starting the behavior classes? Um, I believe mid-June. I have to confirm that for you. All right, let's get that uh, wrapped up. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun. Also, we'll, I'll bring Dagwood in. What do, you, what do you like about these greyhounds? Why do you think they'll make a good pet? And in particular, think about an elderly person or you know a woman who lives alone, 65 years of age. They're very, um, in general, greyhounds are wonderful companions in that they want to just be around people. Um, they are very nice on leash. Um, they're not the type that do run like people think just because they came off a track. They Isn't that amazing how they're like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think that they would just be these rockets on a leash or pulling you because they just love to run, but they're so gentle on a leash. They yeah, just kind of sit well there. Yet. Yeah. Um, I think they're, you know, the only thing that they need is, in most particular, is a crate to help them adjust to the new home, but they do really well. Okay. And the names are the ones today that you have there? Um, we have Rocco and Giddy. Giddy. So, mm-hmm. and they're spayed and, or, or neutered. 
Yep, both uh, spayed and neutered. Um, neither one is, is good with cats, but they're good with other dogs and children. Who would so. think? Greyhounds and small-moving animals. <laughs> hmm. Shocking. <laughs> but you, you can deter them from that. That's something that training can take care of. Absolutely. Every time? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can get them to adjust and just saying, you know what, the cat's part of the household, so nobody else can beat it up. You're on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Greyhound. <laughs> Karen, what are your hours today? What's your phone number? How do we get people to, up to Kachiko? Uh, we're here till 4 today, and we can be reached at 749-5322. All right, 4 o'clock today. Karen Fogarty, you do great work. Thank you. Keep up the good work, Karen. Thanks for the call. See you soon. Bye. Take care, love. So that's great, huh? How about that yeah. for timing? She's one of the hardest working women I know. Yeah, I know. She does. She's just amazing. Um, anyways, if you were listening to this morning, the woman that we had from Portsmouth who called in, there you go. You got two. They're waiting for you to go up, take a look. Um, she said she's going away for two months. She's going to look when she gets oh, yeah. back. Mm. So, but Cochico's a great resource and they have greyhounds all the time. But it's even a great thing to go up and just take one for a walk. Yeah. It might, you know. Oh. We need it. Yeah. You know, as far as people getting in there and volunteering, it makes a huge difference. And it's a way of giving back. It, it makes a huge difference to the dogs because suddenly they get out and they're like, oh, I feel good. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> have a great week. Take care of those pets. Don't forget your heartworm and your uh, front line for fleas and ticks or um, any other uh, flea and tick medications. But... You may want to do a little bit of research on that. There have been some bumps. Love your pet. Love them up. That's why we do it. They are great listeners, and that's why we live with them. Have a great week. Take care. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.